The Eat It Like a Podcast brought to you by First City Payments, leading the way in point of sale technology in both Savannah and the Low Country. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Eat It Like a Podcast. My name is Jesse Blanco, host of not only this podcast, but a local television show. It is called Eat It and Like It with Jesse Blanco. We explore uh, everything that there is to eat on both sides of the Savannah River here on, in uh, Savannah Hilton Head in this market. You can find us Sundays, 1230 on WJCL, or you can find us at uh, eatitandlikeit.com. That happens to be open 24 hours a day. We're going to go a little bit uh, um, in a different direction with this particular podcast. We're going to have a conversation with uh, with a couple of gentlemen who are behind the scenes keeping an eye on what is going on on the food scene in a way you may not think. There are trends there that are happening. Some people may like them. Some people may not, but they are happening nonetheless. It is the technology behind your favorite restaurants and your favorite foods. David Hughes is uh, is with First City Payments, proud sponsor of this podcast. First of all, welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. You, uh, you and I discussed having this conversation a few months ago because there's so much out there now that people don't realize. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a lot of changes happening from Windows to the cloud-based systems and COVID changing the way people order online. So a lot happening in the restaurant scene in terms of technology. Yeah, and we're going to chat with uh, with Ethan Gooch here in a second about everything that is happening. But you see it. How long have you been doing this now? I've been in the credit card processing and point of sale industry since 2016, so about seven years of experience. And much like the the new Apple iPhones and iMacs and all that, a lot happened in seven years, correct? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, going from a huge shoebox size terminal on the countertop to a waiter coming to your table with just an iPad, it's and and a lot more in between. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we are we're gonna. Um, uh, chat with Ethan Googe. You are you are a sales manager with Retail Systems Inc. First of all, welcome, sir. Ah, oh, thanks, Jesse. Glad to be here. Uh, you you and I before we went on the air, we're talking about everything that that David was just talking about. It went from a shoebox to now it's a kiosk, and you barely talk to a person anymore. Let's go back uh, a little bit and what you and I were talking about before we started rolling um, on the podcast. Is it fair to say everything, everything changed with the pandemic? And I know people are tired of hearing about it, but was that the starting point or was this kind of in, in, on its way to happening before? Well, I wouldn't say that that was the kickoff. Um, it was in the works. People were working on cloud-based point-of-sale systems uh, years before that. That was really the next step in the point-of-sale industry. You know, everybody was on legacy like Micros and Aloha. You know, those two companies owned 45% of the POS market nationwide. Um, and there was a massive shift happening uh, in the two or three years leading up to the pandemic. But yes, everyone's tired of hearing it. Pandemic changed our industry forever. Yeah. Um, it forced people to adopt technology that they were holding off. You were telling me that uh, when when everything shut down, that was March, late March, early April of 2020, you and your 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 higher ups had a meeting to kind of discuss what this was going to look like, and I talk about this all the time. And again, it's a, it's a tired old bit, but at the end of March of 2020, none of us knew what September of 2020 was mm -hmm. going to look like. You guys had a similar conversation, and it wound up being one of your best years ever, right? 
It did, yeah. Why? Well, it was, everyone was scared. That yeah. was the purpose of the conversation. And uh, for us, we were scared that we weren't going to have a job because our business relies on the restaurant industry. Um, but it, as you said, turned out to be one of our biggest years because a lot of people that were holding off on making that big change, which point of sale is a big change. Um, and they had spent, invested a lot of money in the solution that they currently had. Uh, those legacy systems I mentioned were not thousands, they're tens of thousands of dollars. Um, but they were forced into it. Um, once, you know, people were uh, forced to place online orders, everybody who didn't have an online ordering platform had to go get one. Yeah. Um, and if you were going to start shopping technology, you know, the point of sale system is really the brain of any technology platform that it's the data collection device. It right. is the device that collects all of your customers' data, uh, the restaurant sales data, the clock in, the clock out. So you really start there. Right. And a lot of people did. Now, just to, to underscore what we're talking about, it was in 2020, you know, everyone had to keep their distance from everybody else. So the ability to order food from your home or wherever, you know, from outside the restaurant and then get it handed to you in a window without contact with a human being was what became the most popular thing to do, correct? Yeah, but even as the as the pandemic dragged on, right. you know, the conversation got so um, meticulous that we were worried about people handing their card to the server because that was, you know, right. some form of physical contact. Right. So, you know, being able to scan my receipt and make the payment that way. Right. Or, you know, being able to scan a QR code that's static on the table and place my order and pay for it completely. Well, now, let me jump in right there, because now we're seeing that everywhere. You walk into a fast, casual restaurant, there's a QR code on the table, and I this happened to me a few days ago. I got handed a physical menu, but if you want the beer list, hey, it's a QR code right there, which I, I kind of like because it saves them money in printing if the beers are constantly sure. changing. Sure. But that is being, that is far more prevalent, all of the QR codes and all of that stuff, than it was even two years ago. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. I mean, almost every restaurant you go into nowadays has a QR code for something, whether it's, you know, a specific, you know, subset of their menu, the beer menu or right. the full menu or right. whatever it may be. So, and part of what we were discussing earlier is like, how is all of this shift in technology and adoption of technology affecting the idea of hospitality, you right. know? And I have a lot of conversations on a daily basis that sound like, I don't want to do handhelds because I feel like it's not, it's a less personal experience. Right. I want to make sure that my servers are interacting with my guests and people fall on two sides of that camp where it's like, I, I'm worried about faster table turns, being able to get as many orders into the kitchen in a single trip around the dining room as I possibly can. Or they're on the other side where I want it to be a personal experience. I want my server to really provide hospitality. Where know? would you say that is? Cause not everybody loves the, the, uh, impersonal order from a QR code and then pay without doing that. But you guys were telling me before we got going here that, you know, Applebee's and Chili's and all those places are doing it now where mm -hmm. you're, you're basically closing out your tab or ordering another beer from your table. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to either of those places in years, so I couldn't, I, I had no idea. But how, how prevalent is that becoming everywhere? I would say it's a, it's a slow adoption of the, um, you know, cutting the server out, right? We, People still value uh, hospitality, right? Um, but it is becoming more and more popular. You know, David and I are going to talk to a restaurant tomorrow that's talking about putting a handheld in every single one of their servers' hands. Um, and 
you know, people fall on one side of the camp or the other. Um, I mean, the concept is is that heavily weighs into their decision. You know, you're not going into a Hall's Chop House in Charleston right. and seeing QR codes on the table. Right. You know. Right. But um, Applebee's, Chili's, yeah, sure, they're they're going to do it because they're they're their decisions are being made by a group of people in a boardroom somewhere looking at right. their bottom, bottom line, line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys take into account, and I, you, <laughs> I know the answer to the question, but you talk to restaurant owners all day long, all week long. That's what you do. Are they, um, what's the best way to put this? Are they less interested in their guest comfort level so long as their speed increases? Is there a, and obviously we're not going to name names here, but is there a general, you know what? I don't care what my customer thinks. I just need to turn more uh, covers. So I would say an emphatic no. And Good. I and I say that honestly. If it was, if the case was otherwise, I would I would say yes, but it's not. Um, they are, now I, I'm in the Greenville market primarily, but right. I have customers, retail systems has customers from Maine to California. Right. Um, but the people that I'm, personal friends with in the restaurant business. No, they're not. They're not thinking about it that way. They're trying to figure out how to um, increase the value of what they're bringing to their customer, um, in, increase the perceived value, I should say. So they're trying to uh, make sure that their servers are more attentive and more knowledgeable about what it is that they're serving their customers. Fair enough. Fair enough. We are chatting with Ethan Gooch. He's a sales manager with Retail Systems, Inc. He lives up in Greenville. He is visiting us here at the District Live Studios at the Plant Riverside District. Um, older people don't dig this technology stuff. The younger people are all about it. Um, they're ordering, you know, as they're driving to the restaurant, you know, they're all they're all up in it. Is that the trend you guys see? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, young professionals, right? That's for restaurants. That's That's in a lot of cases, your target demographic right. is young professionals with expendable income. Those are the people that are eating out more than the, uh, you know, empty nesters. Right. You know, those guys, they, they've been cooking for their family for years right. and years and years and years. And so they're going to keep on, you know. Yeah. But the young professionals, yeah. I mean, people my age, you know, I'm right. 31 years old. And right. I, if, if I'm picking up a coffee to go or even lunch, right. I've got a series of apps on my phone. If I can place the order and just walk in and grab it and go back, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, now, if I'm taking my wife out for dinner, absolutely not. Right. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go somewhere where we get hospitality. So for anybody listening to this that is, you know, ready to go hide under their bed because the robots are going to come and take over the world, <laughs> that's not the case at all. There, there's still a sensitivity out there to provide a decent dining experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. I have. I, I can tell you this. We've got I, the product that I primarily represent uh, is called Heartland Restaurant POS, and I've got about I, RSI has about seven hundred and eighty, maybe eight hundred. Um, we're in, that number's growing all the time, but we've got about seven hundred eighty. Let's call it eight hundred sites. I have one that has the robot that brings your food to you. So. <laughs> And, and here I am making jokes about it. I, you said robots, and that guy came <laughs> yeah, to mind, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you go to, like, the the largest restaurant supply show in the country is always in Chicago, right. the National Restaurant Association. Right. And if you go to that show, you're going to see three, four, five, maybe even six companies that are making these little robots that run around the restaurant. 
And, you know, you put your table map in the thing. And I, I guess it works similar to a Roomba where it runs around the restaurant a couple times and maps yeah. it out. Yeah. And it'll bring your food to you. We have one here in a, in a little works work share space uh, place called Vell over on Bull Street that they they put their little coffees on top and they get yeah. a button in it. But that's a tiny space. This is a restaurant with tables in the middle of all that stuff. Um, <laughs> the Tell us one thing that would absolutely blow the average customer's mind right now that you know is coming, whether it's two, three, or five years outside of the robots. Oh, man. Um, well, in the same vein of the robots, there is a, not so much in front of house, though, there is a huge push in the QSR space, and some people have probably already seen this, to put those you know, robotic arms like you see on a production line for cars. Right. But they're going to be flipping burgers, and they're going to have cook times programmed into them. That beef patty is going to sit there for a very specific amount of time and then get flipped. Um, that's coming. That That is for sure coming. That's not a—it right. depends on customer adoption rate. It depends on— restaurant adoption rate it's happening but those are things that people won't see so it doesn't really matter that's just True. a mass mass production type of situation mm -hmm. man you see all these movies 20 years ago and it's like uh you know terminator mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the one that jumps to mind the most but yeah uh, anything kiosks the let me think about this for two seconds the only real place i think i've seen kiosks or McDonald's. Who else has them? You know, I have I have quite a few. They're very popular in airports. If yes. You, if you are flying anywhere recently, you're gonna see. I, I, where was I? Uh, was it Houston? I don't know. It was one of one of the airports out of Texas. Uh, you walk up, you sit down at the bar. There's an iPad in front of you. Yeah. Well, those you, are everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You call those are considered kiosks, I guess. They're just small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Up in LaGuardia Airport in New York City. Every seat has a little iPad mm -hmm. where you can play solitaire, and there's a there's a little thing on the top right. If you put your flight thing in, it'll tell you you know the status of your flight, all yep. that stuff. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that for a while, but big giant kiosk like the the ones that they have at McDonald's, and I use McDonald's as the example because I just went into one two days ago in New York City, and and I'm thinking, man, there's nobody in here. There was nobody there except the people cooking the food and two basically runners. One was a manager taking the food and putting it on mm -hmm. the counter. Yeah. There was there was nobody in there. Could you see that happening more and more in your average, you know, mom and pop restaurant? So, QSR, quick service restaurant, absolutely. That's that's going to become more and more popular. The guy that has my customer that has the robot, he's got a kiosk in his place. Um and it's becoming very very popular in counter service or quick service. You can probably expect to see a whole lot more of that because it's becoming very inexpensive primarily. The technology? Um, yeah. All you need is an iPad. Right. You know, you can get an iPad at Best Buy for 30 uh, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> practically anymore. <laughs> you get one of those, you download yeah. the app and you set it in the dining room and all of a sudden you've got a kiosk. Um, I guess, I guess the bottom line here is, you know, for those of us who might be a little older and squeamish to the acceptance of all this technology, too bad, so sad. It's happening whether we, we, whether we want it or not. I think so. And, and from the restaurant's perspective, you know, Part of the conversations that we have with our restaurateurs is, you know, um, omni-channel approach, right? I want to be able to provide you a way to accept an order from multiple channels, whether that's right. a server, a website, an app, a kiosk. Um, how do I get the order from 
the customer to the kitchen as quickly as possible and make sure that they have every convenience available to them that they might choose. Is it fair to say then that all these shortcuts that are being implemented drip by drip by drip by drip, you know, you turn up the, the, the you know, boiling frogs or whatever the, that, that cliche is, mm. is leading to overall higher volume of sales? That's the goal. In the long run? But yeah, that's the you, goal. Have you seen that yet? I mean, most of the time when, when a restaurateur is exploring this stuff, um, it's to cut costs. Right. You know, and you can't blame them for that because we were discussing earlier that right. a lot of people don't know that the national average profit margin in the restaurant industry is 8 to 10%. Yeah. You know, very few people, you have to be passionate about what you do. Oh, I know. To invest the money and the time and the effort. Yeah to open a restaurant going into it, knowing that fact, yeah. you know? Um, and so that being said, I have customers that have, that have better margins than that. And, um, I've got a guy that he's thinking about starting his own little coaching business, restaurant coaching business. Right. And one of his selling points is that he's got an Italian restaurant that's open five days a week from four to nine and his profit margins are 19%. Nice. And nice. It varies. Right. But yeah. usually when, when we're starting that conversation, an increase in sales, yes. Online ordering should in- increase my sales. Adding online ordering should increase my sales. Um, but if I'm looking for kiosks or some sort of shortcuts, like you said, then we're looking to lower costs. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. There's one here in Savannah, a restaurant owner told me years ago, he said, Jesse, my my profit margin is about six to seven and a half percent, depending on the year. And next year, I'm not going on vacation. I'm probably going to have to cut my salary because I need to put a new roof on this place. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that restaurateurs go through that the average cons- consumer customer doesn't see, doesn't know. And unfortunately, most of the time doesn't care. It's just part of it. Mm-hmm. But then when the restaurant owner says, hey, I need to bump up the price of your wings from you know 12 to $14, then you know there's a riot in the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That goes back to our conversation with Jay Thomas over the summer, which if uh, if you want to hear it right from a, a restaurant owner's mouth, former restaurant owner, you can go back and listen to our podcast uh, conversation with Jay Thomas here in Savannah about the reasons why he closed his restaurant. It was uh, it was enlightening. It was it was uh, straight from the horse's mouth, and there was a lot of good information in there. Um, anything else you want to share with us that that people should know? Uh, I work for a company that. We love having these conversations on a daily basis. We love trying to figure out how restaurateurs can adopt uh, new technology and not only that, but leverage it in their in their benefit. Um, that's what we do every day. Very good. I, and I know we have a, a handful of restaurateurs, at least some who have reached out to me and said, hey, I heard your podcast the other day. I really liked it. So if they were interested in talking to you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or you can Google Retail Systems, Inc. Uh, there's a submission form there. We will reach out to you within you know, hours. It goes to the entire sales team. Um, but we've got local people in Charleston and all over the Southeast. Um, we're happy to talk. And David here in Savannah, right? And David here in Savannah. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, uh, Ethan, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to uh, to hang out with us. David, thank you. thanks to you as well. Um, yeah, if you want to, if you're a restaurant owner and you want to figure out how to uh, drop some of your costs, this is uh, a great spot to start. Um, there are uh, lots of opportunities, it sounds like. These guys are really deep into what they do and they're passionate about it, which is important. So with all that said, thanks so much for hanging out with us here on the podcast. 
We're going to get out of here and we'll see you next week. The Eat It Like a Podcast brought to you by First City Payments. Leading the way in point of sale technology in both Savannah and the Low Country. 